welcome to the F3 Gateway Podcast. I'm your host today, Church Lady, and I'm so glad you're joining us. Today, I sit down with Flo from the Jeffco region, and we're going to talk about addiction recovery. We're going to talk about being called a little man, and we're also going to talk about how F3 has made such a positive difference in his life. You don't want to miss it. Hang on for this great interview. Hey, Church Lady here today, sitting down with Flo. Flo, how you doing? I am fantastic, man. How you doing, bud? Oh, doing great. So we have been doing interviews from all the different regions, and we're excited to continue reaching out to Jeffco. So how long have you been in the Jeffco region? I have been in Jeffco since April 5th of 2021. April 5th of 2021. Now, was that an official region at that point? No, we were actually part of St. Louis at that point. Uh, We did not become an official region until late October of last year. Oh, that's right. The big convergence down at the Coliseum. Yes, sir. Oh, man, that was great. 70, 80, 100 packs. I forget what it was. 150. 150. I remember the name Arama took like 10 minutes. 10 minutes. It was fun. (laughs) It was a while. Yeah, it was. That's great. So uh, let's uh, get you introduced to everybody if they don't know you or haven't met you yet. Okay. Uh, Let's uh, begin with what responsibilities have you had at F3 since you've been a part of it, and what do you currently do? Okay. Um, So right now I am actually the Firestarter queue for Jeffco, but originally I started off in May 11th of last year. I became the first side queue for the Imperial Death Star. And then um, I became the Firestarter, I think, uh, oh, it was actually right at the Convergence. So in October of this past year, I became the Firestarter queue for Jefferson, Jeffco region. So for our listeners who may not know, what does a Firestarter do? Um, basically what I do is I just try to get the packs all fired up, uh, take, you know, try to help continue the culture for Jeffco, the region, as well as for the entire St. Louis region trying to get them uh, just get, get to take their pulse just to kind of see where they're at help and pump them up and stuff like that kind of get in their face a little bit every now and again um, but yeah just um, kind of being a bug in your butt sometimes you know just to kind of annoy you to the point where they like fine I'll do it uh, or I'll HC so I'm I'm one of those guys who just likes to really uh, annoy the heck out of you well, it's funny you say that. I told you before the podcast I was going to bring up something, but I wouldn't tell you what it was. So, okay. Now, pre-F3, I didn't have a lot of close men in my life, I, uh, at least people that I could be very transparent with. In fact, I didn't like being around groups of men my age or, or within decades of me because I always felt intimidated by them. Um, I'm not sure why that is. I'm sure there's some psychological reason you could dive into. But I always just felt like I didn't want to be picked on. I didn't want to be the guy that got any attention. Just leave me alone. And... One of the first beatdowns I attended that you were at, you were loud, you're boisterous, you are out there talking to everybody in people's faces in a good way. But for me, with my personality, I'm like, that's a personality that's that's overwhelming and, and it's scary to me. But once I learned the culture of F3, I learned that that personality was not scary at all, but it was encouraging because that voice never talked down to anyone. That voice never discouraged anyone. In fact, that voice was encouraging everyone and was kind to everyone. And that was a new experience for me because when you get a loud voice in a locker room full of guys, that voice is looking for someone to pick on and looking for something to brag about. And your voice never did that. Mm -hmm. So that voice to me carries this great weight of of describing what F3 is about, that you bring your personality to it, but there's a culture that welcomes every man and every personality. Well, I... 
Thank you. Um, I never really thought about it that way. Um, I've always been kind of an extroverted type of a person, um, you know, and I'm kind of like a chameleon. I can uh, pretty much evolve into the the crowd that I'm in. But once I start to get a little comfortable with where um, my surroundings are at, then I kind of get more um, loud, as you said, or boisterous. Um, but now I'm, I mean, yeah, I just, I, I really like to, first of all, I mean, there's a lot of men that I've met. I mean, hundreds of men that I've met in F3 since I've been here for, what is it, 15 months, what have you. And some of them are very quiet. Some of them are very loud and boisterous. Uh, and then we have everywhere in between. But a lot of those men, they need to have that encouragement, whether it's, you know, hey, man, I got you. You know, how many more sets do you need? You know, how many more whatever it is, you know, or, you know, or you're trying to like, you know, if they're bear crawling and they're freaking, you know, they're struggling. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to come back and I'm going to do the reps with you, man. Um, it's just because I've been there. I've been the six before on multiple occasions and it sucks for some people. And I don't want to be always the six. I want to try to be pushing other guys and trying to get them to the finish line. And if I can do it, then I'm just going to try to eliminate excuses. No, that's great. And that's again, what makes F3 unique. You get large personalities in a locker room that doesn't have the, the tenets of F3 and someone's being pushed down, stepped on, made fun of, ridiculed, and F3 doesn't do that at all. No. So every personality, when I walk into F3 now, I'm not intimidated by anyone. A loud voice doesn't push me back. I actually am more intrigued by him now. Because <laughs> <laughs> I feel There's safe. There's louder ones than me. Oh, there are. No, no doubt. But right, yours... my, good, my good buddy Power Clean, he likes to uh, do some, you know, imposes will upon people sometimes. Not quite as loud, loud but... <laughs> well, it won't be for this podcast. Shameless plug. But uh, Power Clean cued uh, the workout that I brought an FNG to. Oh. And when they went to partnering, he separated us on purpose. He's oh, like, yeah. you can't be with him. I will be. And I was nervous because I was new to F3. I'd only been there like two weeks. And I thought, he's going to die. Like, this isn't going to work. <laughs> and and what do you know? It, it transformed his life. And uh, that's Polka. And we're going to... Oh, uh, Polka's a good dude. Oh, he is. So uh, I can't wait to interview him. That, that podcast will be coming up here in the next month or two. Awesome. So, very exciting. Very cool. All right, well, let's go ahead and hit the rewind button, though, and go back a little bit further. Uh, Pre-F3, where were you in your life? You know, what was your fitness level like? And then, uh, of course, who EH'd it and got you to show up? What was that first beatdown like? Who cued it? And we want to know how you got the awesome name of Flo. Got it. Um, So, uh, in my previous life, um, well, even now, I've been a life life insurance broker um, for 13 years, and um, I've also been a disc jockey for 28. Um, so that's kind of like been a lot of my past. Um, and then my fitness level, I've I've worked out for the last 20 plus, 20 plus, 25 years, like at club fitness and you know things like that. And uh, and I also worked out at home, but I was never really, um, I never really pushed myself. Like I was what they call skinny fat sometimes. Um, you know, I, I, I uh, had weight issues. Like I never could really gain much weight. I had a problem with gaining weight. I know that that's for some people that's unfathomable. Don't, don't understand. But you know, I mean, I graduated high school. I was a hundred pounds, and like five foot two inches tall. Um, you know, and then for my all of my twenties and part of my thirties, I was like 125 pounds. 
until finally in my 30s, I started gaining weight and I got up to about what I'm at now, 175 pounds. So, and I'm, I'm finally about at the weight that I want to be. Um, but I just wasn't really happy. And then, so um, I go to church uh, with a sister-in-law um, and uh, he actually came to me probably, oh, I don't know, September, or October of 2020. And uh, he was like talking to me about it just in passing. He's like, hey man, I, you know, I've been doing this, this workout. It's one day a week. And we've been using a cinder block. And I'm like, what in the world? I'm like, where's the dumbbells, the squat, you know, all that stuff. And I'm like, you know, I just like, that's what I'm expecting. And he's like, oh, no, it's like, you know, it's fun or whatever. But I'm like, and I'm like, what, tell me more. He's like, oh, it's outside and it's at 530 in the morning. I'm like, oh, you can just stop where you're at right now. I'm like, I am good. You know, I don't get up that early. So he just kind of uh, just let me go. And uh, I mean, he would talk about it every so often, maybe every few weeks, month, whatever. He'd see me at church and say, hey, man, how you doing? Whatever. But he was never pushy about it ever until um, uh, Easter of last year, uh, April 4th. Um, he comes to me. He came to me that morning at church. He's like, hey, man, there's a workout tomorrow morning. It's at First Baptist Church of Arnold. How about you come out? I'm like, you know what? all right, sounds good. And uh, he's like, just bring a pair of gloves. I'm like, okay. And I brought my pair of gloves. I brought a uh, bottle of water and I brought my inhaler because I got asthma. And uh, I didn't know what the heck to expect, you know. And uh, so I get there late and there, you know, there's like 30 dudes in this parking lot, you know, and I get down there and uh, I walk up to, to some guys and then this one guy is like, hey man, how you doing? I'm Daffy. I'm like, hi, I'm Jeff. <laughs> I was like, Daffy? Like, did your parents hate you? What the heck, man? And I didn't know anything about it. You know, and I saw uh, sister-in-law, but at the time I was like, hey, Luke, what's going on? He's like, I'm sister-in-law. And he's like, oh, okay. Yeah. We don't know names, but, but no, but all kidding aside. Uh, so I went through the workout and I'm like, what the, you know, he, I get, got my butt whooped. And then there was this boisterous, humongous man uh, named Power Clean, who was doing the workout, leading it, and uh, I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like that, like I don't want to make that guy mad. I'm like, and I didn't know nothing or whatever. So I, you know, and Daffy was with me. He was partnering up with me. I think there was actually another guy. I don't even know who. Like it was a complete blur. And uh, so we finished the workout, you know, and I thought I wanted to die. And uh, we had ten FNGs that day, which was awesome. Um, and, uh, and I think right now, I think eight of the 10 are still around, which is really cool. Um, anyway, so, uh, and in fact, I think, uh, three or four of them are in the, in, uh, the Jeffco SLT now, which is really cool. Um, but anyway, so I, I, I started that and then the very next day I canceled my gym membership. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was like, I'm never going back there again. I'm like, this was too fun. Um, I did feel like, and I carried around my uh, my inhaler as a crutch uh, for quite a while, quite a while um, because I was just I battled asthma for over forty almost forty years, and uh, it's always been a crutch of mine because the doctors always tell me, oh yeah, you can't you know you can't run, you can't do this, and all this other stuff, which was one of the drivers of me wanting to better myself. Excuse me, and it's probably one of the reasons why. I am as boisterous and loud as my, my own self simply because I want to get beyond those barriers because I'm like, I don't care about my asthma anymore. Like, I don't even think about it. 
Um, I don't carry my inhaler anymore. I keep it in my car, but it's like, and I tell people, hey, if it's, you know, if you need, you know, whatever, it's in my center console, but I don't ever bring it with me anymore. I don't remember the last time I've even used it, but it's, it was one of those mental things for me where I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to have this as a crutch. So, you know, and, and PowerClean, you know, him and I have become really good friends and he gives me a hard time. He's like, cause he calls me a little person cause well, I'm not a big man, but it's, it's, and it's all in good fun. But, you know, it's like, I've, I've been told that I'm the little guy. I've been the sickly, you know, sick, you know, guy, whatever. And that's like, I want to, I've wanted to work so hard to break those barriers down, not for just myself, but also to show others that, okay, oh, wait, you have X, Y, Z, oh, you have this or whatever. It's like, so what? That's just in your head, you know, and you need to get beyond that stuff. And that's why, you know, with me, I, you know, I've, I've also, you know, I'm nine and a half years clean, uh, sober from drinking alcohol, um, which is another thing that I've really worked on. It's like, that's a part of me that I want to help give other men hope that they can overcome stuff like that. Um, and it's been a journey for me. Uh, ups and downs um, you know I'm going through some stuff right now where you know initially when um, you know this the situation that I'm handling or handling right now happened there were others um, you know winger and power cleaner some of the guys that I speak to a lot as well as sister-in-law that were like concerned are like everything okay um, and by my buddy holes he's like hey man you know do you need anything and I'm like believe it or not Going to Schnucks and going to get a bottle of Bacardi or Captain Morgan's was like number nine billion on the list. It was not even close to being on the list of things that I was needing, wanting to do, handling the situation I'm dealing with. And uh, what I did was I prayed, and I went to church the next day, you know, and stuff like that. So, and I got around my other F three brothers, and that is something that I cannot quantify. Um, it's just amazing that the different. Um, uh, relationships that I've been that I've gotten to that I get to foster with these other men of all different ages and sizes and, and personalities and everything you want to call it, it's just been amazing. Um, and uh, I can't even begin to really describe how grateful that I am that sister in law invited me to that first workout. Like, it has changed my life. Like, one hundred percent. There's there's no going back from the way I was before. So. That's, that's great. F3 can be this life-changing thing if you let it. You know, right. a lot of these, you know, I, I think I said before, I think I've had five FNGs and one has stayed. You know, one has stayed consistent. And to see his life change is worth it. Like, it's phenomenal. And that's what F3 could do if you will if you will accept it and move into it, you know, and, and that's exactly what you've done. So that's, that's really exciting. Um, I don't think you elaborated how you got your name uh, before we move on to uh, yeah. the next portion. So the name yeah. Flo. So, um, yeah, so we were doing the name Arama and uh, I, you know, I think there was blood in my eyes because I, I mean, cause I was like, what the heck just happened to me? I got my butt kicked. So I don't know what really happened. So they start asking questions. They're like, you know, tell you a little bit about yourself. You know, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, I sell life insurance. And Daffy, flow, because Flo sells life insurance. No, she doesn't. But it was like, boom, they're like, that's what it is. And now you're flow. Um, so, yeah, and I, I'm like, okay, sure, like, whatever. Uh, but funny story to add on to that, a few weeks ago we had the forge at the levee, and uh, 
Gumbo was actually trying to get more guys to come, and I didn't even know about it. So I actually got a message from another PAX, and he's like, hey, Gumbo's trying to get you to come to the Forge tomorrow. I'm like, oh, okay, so I'll check it out. So I see on there that there was two flows, and I'm like, what? Who is that? Like, what is this? So there's another guy that's over, I think, in Wildwood over there. I'm not sure what that uh, that location is. And I started, to, you know, th- he started messaging me or something like that. So there was two flows at the, the, the forge that morning. He ended up, I believe, changing his name to Heavy Flow. Uh, <laughs> you had to be there. Uh, oh, Wu- my God. Wuhan made probably one of the funniest things that I've ever seen in my life. It was, the, it was just comedy gold. And uh, it was awesome. But, yeah, for a split moment, we had two flows in St. Louis. And and my buddy Zero turns like, no, we only have enough room for one. <laughs> <laughs> and you got to keep your name. I so. got to keep my name, yes. And I, and I will own it all day and every day, forever. That's good. There is a, a fair number of female names in F3. Uh, we oh, yeah. We tend to like those. Oh, yeah. So nothing wrong with that. So <laughs> that's good. I mean, I am church lady that's after right. all. That's so. <laughs> right. Very good. All right. So uh, that covers a lot of the, the first F journey that you've been on. Yeah. Um, you did say nine and a half years sober, which is great. Uh, if you don't mind sharing, how long uh, was alcohol a problem in your life? Um, I would probably say uh, as a teenager, I started drinking um, for acceptance. Um, I had a hard time of dealing with that stuff. Um, I had daddy issues. Shoot, I still do. Um, and, um, you know, I you know I got a lot of acceptance from friends. Hey, have a uh, – for you young enough, you guys old enough or whatever, I drank a lot of Purple Passion and Jack Daniels Country Cocktails back in the day. Uh, for those of you guys who are old enough to know what that stuff was. Um, but, yeah, I, um, I got my first EWI uh, in April of 1999, and I wound up getting three more uh, over the next 20, um, uh, 10, about 15, 12 years. Um, and uh, so I've gotten a total of four, and um, it's been a painful financial and uh mental journey that I've had to go through. But uh, finally in 2013, um, after I got my fourth DWI and I was facing a lot of different situations, um, I was potentially facing prison time. Um, I had to go to court. I had to do, um, you know, urine tests, like all sorts of stuff I had to go through. And uh, I decided on January 1st of 2013 on at, at midnight on New Year's Eve that I was like, all right, I'm done. I quit, and uh, simply because I there was a lot of unknowns that were still to come that I didn't know that was happening, and I started into a program, a rehab program, uh, in June or July of uh, 2013, as that's really whenever my journey really started of uh, of conquering um, the um, the addiction of alcohol, and uh, I haven't looked back since, um, and it's it has had its ups and downs. Um, I found my God. And he's your God, too. Uh, back um, about four or five years ago, um, I got rebaptized again this past in September of 2020. Um, and it's just been and, and, and along the way. I've met a lot of really great men and, um, you know, got into Celebrate Recovery. And those men that I've met are were in Celebrate Recovery, which is a, 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 a recovery based program with the Holy Spirit involved. Um, so, and I've made a lot of friends with those guys and, um, you know, and just, uh, you know, that's where I met sister-in-law. Uh, he was not in the program, but he was just, he was a pastor at the church. 
Um, so, and that's where I've fostered so many of the new relationships that I've got. And uh, I've just, you know, it just really has made a, a massive impact on me to uh, just to try to be a better man. That's what it is. Now, we all have those jesters hiding. And, oh, yeah. And when you're going through it, you often feel alone. But, you know, your story is probably not unique enough to you. A lot of guys who have come out of alcoholism and some maybe not as deep in the weeds, but it was causing problems and they stepped out soon. Others who had decades and prison time and everything along it too. So mm -hmm. I think it's a great message of encouragement to the packs out there that don't go through these journeys alone. That's one of the things we learned in F3, which is the second F. It's about fellowship. Yep. So maybe explain for us uh, prior to F3, what was your fellowship like with other men? And then uh, where has it gone to today, whether it be shield locks or whetstone relationships or other things along those lines? Got it. Um, so prior to F3, um, I mean, toward the, uh, the nearing the beginning of my F3 journey, I started to have, like I was saying, like I had the Celebrate Recovery Group at my church. And uh, I started to get some better friends there who were running, walking a same, similar journey that I was. Um, but I was uh, still battling some things. And then... Um, you know, because I just I, I handled some of my situations poorly. So what I did learn is that um, when I first came into Celebrate Recovery is that I was told I'm not an addict. I'm not an alcoholic. I just am a human who has who has problems with dealing with situations. And I turned to alcohol, which a lot of times people would think, well, that doesn't make any sense. But it removes the stigma of alcoholism or drug addict or something like that. So that was a huge turning point for me. And, um, and along that time, um, I actually uh, got to know a, a buddy of mine from church, and he uh, was talking to me, and I was thinking about my a favorite Bible verse. And uh, it was uh, Proverbs twenty seven seventeen, And uh, as iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another. And I ended up getting it tattooed on me. And uh, GMO actually came to me like not long after I started my F3 journey. He's like, hey, did you just get that? I'm like, actually, no, I've had it for a couple of years. But he thought that that was really awesome. And I'm like, yeah, I never even thought about it. You know, the gravity of how much that's important. Um, you know, and uh, so that was something that I really uh, was, you know, kind of latched onto uh, the, the importance of, you know, we need other, we cannot do life alone. And as I've grown older and I've gone through more experiences, it's so much more impactful um, because, you know, like I, I've gotten now into a shield lock, which um, it's evolved. Like it was, um, you know, it was a different, like it's been whittled down, but right now it's just myself and uh, a gentleman by the name of Winger. And uh, him and I are, you know, we live like two minutes apart, number one, and we're very close in age. He's like three and a half years younger than me, what have you. Um, but, you know, we, we're going through similar situations in life and just life situations, that is. Um, and just uh, we, we can really hold each other well accountable, although I wouldn't mind having an extra man added to that eventually at some point. Um, but then also, I, and he helps me to keep my guardrails and I help work on him with his guardrails, you know, and, and keeping us in check. Um, and then I also have a whetstone relationship with PowerClean. Um, and, um, you know, and I check in with him and to, a, I guess it's somewhat to a lesser degree, I guess, maybe even sister-in-law as well. Um, but, uh, you know, and having those, another set of guardrails up really makes a massive difference. Um, you know, like I said before, I'm, I'm handling a situation right now where it's testing my faith in a lot of different things and 
being having the ability to to get to turn to another man and just to talk to that guy or just to be in the same room and just to talk and to say hey let's have coffee or whatever and we don't even have to you know and i don't not expecting an answer or, or the, the solution you know it's just but just being able to be there and have a guy say you know what i got you you know and he doesn't even have to have the answer that's the awesome thing um it's just a lot of times we figure out the answer on our own um, but that's one of the things that I really can appreciate about having a Whetstone relationship as well as having the shield lock. It is so important. Um, I just really am grateful that I have that ability to, to have something like that in my life. That's great. Yeah. No, F3 provides that, uh, that relationship foundation. And th- again, that's what's unique about the culture of F3. When you look at all the men around there, you know, there's, we have some general tenets that we follow, you know, some core principles, uh, the vision statement of F3, and that allows us to safely walk up to another man we may not know that well and begin to say, I want to build this relationship, and you know it's going to be something healthy and positive and productive. Mm-hmm. So I'm really glad to hear that. Uh, before we get into the third F, which you've touched on, and so you probably uh, may not have a whole lot more to elaborate on with it, but uh, let's go to uh, back to that first step for a minute. Uh, let's hear about your favorite and least favorite exercises, <laughs> as well as maybe uh, the most memorable beatdown, either one you led or participated in. So my favorite exercise probably is either the catfish crawl. Um, and I know the men in Jeffco are going to be like cussing at me because <laughs> I that's one of my, my go-tos and there's one very tall gentleman who really is not a fan of those. Uh, he knows who he is. Um, and then, uh, so yeah, I would say catfish crawl. And believe it or not, is 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 ma- and uh, sadomasochistic. I guess we'd say. I kind of like doing burpees. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and that's thanks to you know Obi Wan and uh, you know, and and also with Maba this past you know January. You know, I just kind of conditioned myself to just to. Uh, fall down and get back up there's a lot of uh symbolism in that as well um so yeah i would say that uh the catfish crawl is probably my favorite although it sucks even for me um but then the close second is is burpee definitely uh the ones that i hate um hands down uh, no surrender oh my gosh like and uh, during the 24-hour beatdown this past year, I felt like I did 10 million of those things, and I my knees were just so torn up from doing those. I hate them. And then uh, my next, it was like a 1A and a 1B, the CPR. Uh, I think oh, that yeah. is the most awful. And I and I was uh, I did a I did a, a beatdown last week, and I assured the packs I will never ever program cpr into my workout ever like it is the most idiotic thing i've ever seen it's so stupid i hate it um so (laughs) i just those are this those those are the ones i'm just not a fan not even a little bit um as far as the most memorable beatdowns man there's a lot of them um but we did have uh one uh this was when it was so cold out we had the uh oh gosh what was it called where um, we did a double beat down. It was at a, what first one was a, let's see, we had one at Middle Earth and then we had the other one I think at uh, Wet Willie, I think it was, where we had the Heroes Care, um, where um, we did a double beat down and then we brought out Blackstones to this Heroes Care facility that's here in, in uh, that's over in uh, 
in Fenton where we got to, uh, well, we made a bunch of breakfast up for all the packs and we invited, you know, M's and stuff like that. And then, uh, and it was like 12 degrees out that day. It was so cold. Um, but then we absolutely, we finished with that. We went inside and we helped for multiple hours and, uh, a lot of fellowship with a bunch of the packs and the guys there just helping with, uh, you know, other service members who need clothes and things like that. So those two beatdowns were really hard, um, but they were just so much, so memorable because of what they were the symbol, the, what the meaning for them was. Because we have so many um, service members, former service members, including active service members, um, that, you know, I, you know, I support those dudes 100% and the ladies as well. Um, but, you know, it's just that, that, you know, we get to do stuff for them. I think that that was one of the most memorable uh, beatdowns, as well as um, the uh, the 24-hour beatdown was another one, too, that I just, like, I'll never forget it. Just the, the guys that I got to deal with, it was just awesome. And, and you completed all 24 hours, All right? 24 of them, yeah. And uh, begrudgingly, for a <laughs> few of them, um, about 3 o'clock in the morning, um, I was next to sister-in-law. I remember him quite vividly, and I look over at him about about three. It was in between two and three. I forget what time it was, and I looked at him. I said, "I, I said I'm about. I said I'm gonna I'm gonna quit. I said I I can't do it anymore." And he looked at me. He goes, "No, you're not." <laughs> and that's all he had to say. And for the remaining uh, fifteen more beatdowns, I, I you know I got it done. But then uh, around two or three in the afternoon, some of the other packs came uh, who had not been able to attend the night before, um, specifically McGavin. You know, he came to me and he goes, dude, he's like, I got you. And also Hernandez, they get like come up to me like, I got you. He's like, we will carry you across the finish line, but you're going to finish this. And that was one of the most touching things that I've ever seen. The fact that these dudes, they don't have to do that. And they got my six. They had my six to twelve. Every every aspect of me, they're like, we will carry your butt across the finish line, no matter what it is, and it was one of the most humbling situations and, and things. It was awesome, and I cannot wait to do it again next year. So love it. That's great. Yeah, it was awesome. All right. Well, time is short, so we are going to fast forward to the end, uh, and we're going to go to the COT. We end every workout with a circle of trust, a devotional thought, an inspiration, and admit of needing help. Uh, a prayer it can be any number of things. Uh, what is a CO2 you'd like to leave our listeners with today? So one thing I would leave with you guys, and I've been stressing this a lot, um, is that uh, there's a lot of packs out there who are not okay. Um, and then whenever you ask a man how you're doing and they just respond with, I'm okay, get dig deep because they're probably not wanting to tell you something and uh, they need to. And that's one of the things that I've really tried to stress a lot about, about just really pulling back the curtain, digging deep and then pulling back the layers of the onion. Um, and uh, because there's something that he's dealing with that he's maybe afraid to talk about or he's ashamed or whatever it is, um, you got to be there for that guy. Uh, and it could be you who needs that, you know, um, where it's like just don't accept that, oh, I'm good because that's probably a lie. Um, so that would be probably what my most impactful thing I could tell some guys. Just do not be afraid to get in somebody's grill and say, let's talk. Whether it's grab a coffee or let's just talk after the beatdown on during cafeteria, whatever it is, I got you. 
If a man says he's not struggling, he's probably lying. So uh, <laughs> that's a true statement. So let's 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 push for that. It's yes. And prior to F three, maybe a lot of guys don't have that experience, that trust factor where there's a guy they could talk to. These are people you could talk to. And yeah. There's professionals as well as non-professionals. You know, someone who will take a coffee and someone who actually, you know, can really dive in deep, dig it deep, and help you out. So I love it. What awesome. a great message. We need to rely on each other. Well, we're going to close out this podcast like we close out uh, all of our workouts. We're going to do it with the name Arama. My name is Mark Rubisky, 37, church lady. And I am Jeff Wilhelm, 48 for the time being, Flo. Flo, it's been a pleasure. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Wow, what a great interview. I hope you were as inspired by Flo's message as I was. Hang on for the next couple of weeks. We got some great interviews lined up. There's going to be a roundtable discussion. There's going to be a Grow Ruck review and much more. So look forward to the new episodes as they release each week. And until next time, this has been Mark Ravisky, 37, Church Lady. See you in the gloom.